Good afternoon. This is Susan Peters, and this is the Community Health Focus Hour. The Community Health Focus Hour is powered by the University of Chicago Medicine and has been since uh, 2010, I might add. We've had some interesting developments today, and so instead of your regular host, Cedric McCoy, advanced practice nurse and director of the Stroke Center at the University of Chicago Medicine, you get me. I'm the executive producer. I'm Susan Peters, and I'm really happy to be here today while Cedric is doing a little bit of recovery. So today we're going to be talking heart-to-heart about cardiovascular or heart disease. I'm the one who keeps it very plain because I have no medical background, and so I rely on the people who are with me to support me. I'm going to ask you guys not to let me be hanging out here on the phone on the on the uh, WVON radio station by myself. So you all call me at 312-374-8130. That's 312-374-8130. So February is the month of love. La 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 la. And it is also National Heart Health Month. And so it's a great time to be reminded of some basic facts. And one is that African Americans are dying of heart attacks in large numbers. And while men are at greater risk for heart attacks than women, in the first year after a heart attack, women are 50% more likely to die than men are. So let me just say that again. So while men are at greater risk for heart attacks than women, in the first year after a heart attack, women are 50% more likely to die than men are. So today we're going to have a heart-to-heart talk with medical professionals who can share the best practices for both men and women to have a healthy heart. Because Actually, I get a little tired of saying what's wrong, and I want people to tell me how to get it right. So I'm going to introduce my guests today and let them just say something brief about their work. First, we have on the phone with us Dr. Brian Smith. He's a cardiologist at the University of Chicago, and I'm so glad he's with us because Brian actually thought about our health. He has the flu, and he's still trying to hold his sister down calling in. So, Dr. Smith, welcome, and tell us a little bit about what you do at the University of Chicago Medicine. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Susan. I appreciate it. So, I am a heart cardiologist at the University of Chicago. So, what that means is I take care of patients primarily who have heart failure, meaning their hearts have gotten weak to the point where their hearts aren't able to pump the blood needed to support the body um, and to support the demands of the body. So I think when people come to see me, a lot of times it can be too late in the sense that we need to think about, you know, does this person need a heart transplant or other things to support them? But really what I'm, I'm most interested in is preventing people from getting to that point. And so, you know, talking about prevention, I'm really interested in helping people lead healthy lifestyles to, um, you know, to make sure that, that they control their blood pressure, control their, um, their cholesterol, um, and lead healthy lifestyles so that we don't get to the point where we need to think about um, heart transplants and those sort of things. So, yeah, certainly I'm a heart failure uh, cardiologist at the University of Chicago. Wonderful, and thank you for joining us. And, and I also have Keisha Hammond, 
and she's got so much spaghetti behind her name. <laughs> I'm going to ask her to help <laughs> me out because she's got M- MA, which I think is a Master's of Arts, MPH, which is a Master's of Public Health, and then there's this LCPC. I played with some names and I'm like yeah I'm not going to go there so Keisha is with the Blue Cross Blue Shield Blue Door Community Centers and I'm going to ask you first to tell me what LCPC is (laughs) All right, Susan so LCPC is a licensed clinical professional counselor okay all right so she can counsel us when we have our issues (laughs) okay and we have them we do okay and then we have Nicholas Martin And Nicholas is the Director of Community Impact for the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. So this brother has a double portfolio, (laughs) and I'm going to ask him to explain to us why. So the American Stroke Association actually sits sits under the American Heart Association in part because we understand the uh, correlation between heart health and stroke health and how preventing stroke can also help in preventing heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and all those other cardiovascular diseases. Okay, excellent. So this is all interwoven, and we are ready to rock and roll. So I'm going to actually ask Dr. Smith to talk about what is cardiovascular or heart disease. Sure. So um, so cardiovascular disease, cardio meaning heart, vascular meaning blood vessels, it's really any disease of the heart or the blood vessels that feed the heart. So specifically, we talk about coronary artery disease, and your coronary arteries are the blood vessels that feed the heart muscle with blood. So when you have blockages in those blood vessels, the heart can't get the blood flow that it needs. And so you can develop heart failure, you can develop symptoms of chest pain, and that's how we develop heart attacks. When either one of those, those, um, those blockages break off and, and blocks the blood vessel, part of the heart muscle can die. So that can cause a, um, a heart attack. And then you sort of think about the things that can, that can cause you to have a heart attack. So high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, all those sort of things, you know. So specifically, cardiovascular is really focused on the heart itself, the blood vessels that feed the heart. But really, it's all about the risk factors that we need to control in order to make sure we don't uh, progress to developing heart disease. That sounds amazing. I'm also wanting to know what, so Nick kind of hit on it, but what is the connection between heart attack and stroke? Yeah. So, you know, so we can think of it in a couple of different ways. So specifically what can happen in the direct connection can be, you know, the heart muscle is, is in charge of pumping blood to all the vital organs in the body. So if you have a heart attack and the heart itself gets weak and can't pump blood to all the vital organs in your body, every organ in your body that needs blood flow is going to be affected. So whether it be your kidneys or your liver or other, um, other organs, and specifically the brain itself, I mean, a stroke is caused when the, bl- the brain doesn't get the blood flow that it needs. So one way that you can have a stroke is you have a heart attack and, and your brain is without blood flow for a, a, a period of time that can cause a stroke. The other way it can happen, actually, is sometimes when you have a heart attack, the heart itself can't pump. It can form a clot inside of it, and that clot can then be, be pumped out of your heart all the way to the brain, block a blood vessel, and the brain, again, loses the oxygen supply and heat, and the, the brain really needs a lot of oxygen all the time. So, so that's a direct connection. But the way I sort of think of it also is that all the risk factors we talk about in preventing you from developing cardiovascular disease are also the same things that prevent you from having a stroke, meaning controlling your blood pressure, eating a, having a healthy diet, making sure you're staying, staying really active. So um, they're, they're definitely 
there's a, a direct connection between those two things, but also the risk factors we talked about also. Um, it's important to control those so that we don't develop a heart attack or a stroke in the future. So someone asked me if a stroke is a heart attack of the brain. Hmm. And I thought, oh, yeah. I wonder, could that be a good characterization or not? So, yes. Yeah, so actually, Cam, you just good a uh, way of thinking about it. There are a few different kinds of strokes, but one stroke, which we call an ischemic stroke, when there is a, a blood clot that can uh, prevent blood flow of the brain. So specifically, that kind of stroke is, is, um, can be thought of as being a heart attack of the brain because really the, the brain is not getting the oxygen it needs because of the, the blockage in the, the blood vessels. That being said, there are different kinds of strokes. So although one stroke can be caused by having a blockage in the, in the blood vessel, another one can be caused by this condition of high, high blood pressure. So if you have really high blood pressure, then the blood vessels in your brain can burst. And then you have that you have blood that's going into your brain um, that can cause a stroke as well. So um, there are different kinds of strokes, but ischemic strokes specifically can be thought of as being um, a heart attack of the brain. Okay, this is this is good because I think this will help our listeners make yeah. the connection. And so I'm also curious to know what are the incidents of heart disease in the U.S. broken down men versus women? Yes, yes. So heart disease is the leading cause of death in, in the entire country. So 82.6 million Americans have heart disease. And when we think about breaking down between men and women and African-American men and African-American women, which is really interesting, is that African-American women actually have um, highest incidence of heart disease. So, so about 47% of African-American women have heart disease followed by African-American men, about 44%. So say um, that again. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. Say yeah, that again. Yeah. <laughs> 47% of African-American that's women. Almost, that's almost half. That's almost half of African-American women have a diagnosis with heart disease. Yes. Wow. Yes. So I wonder, is that a correlation between people are saying now that half of the people in America would fall into the category of being obese? Mm-hmm. So is there some connection between the high rates of obesity and the high rates of heart disease, particularly in African-American women? There definitely is a correlation, for sure. Obesity causes things to increase how your body is. For example, your cholesterol is naturally going to be higher if you uh, are obese. Um, you have a higher risk for high blood pressure and, you know, the extra weight puts a lot of pressure and strain on the, on the heart. So um, it's definitely uh, a significant risk factor for helping cardiovascular disease. Wow. Specifically in African-Americans. So we are imperiled, and we need to figure out how we can, like, change some of these statistics. So mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about what are the typical symptoms that men report. We're going to get that in before we go to break. And, guest, if you all want to jump in at any time, that's fine. I'm just getting the medical <laughs> background under our belts with uh, Dr. Smith. So what are the symptoms that men typically re- report as it relates to heart attacks? Sure. So men typically report typical symptoms. So what that means is you have chest pain. Chest pain, we call it substantial chest pain, meaning right, you know, right under your under the, your breastbone, right in the middle of your chest. That typically will get better, you get worse when you exert yourself, and then get better when you rest. So men kind of have symptoms like that. You have chest pain, you have shortness of breath, 
Also, they complain of symptoms like jaw pain or uh, some numbness or tingling in their arm. So that's typically what we think of madness hoarding. The interesting thing is, and hopefully we'll get, we'll get into this, is women can have different symptoms. So women have, have symptoms that are, are not as significant as men. So women will complain of things like nausea or fatigue or dizziness. You know, just sort of, something just feels off. A lot of times, uh, many women will have silent heart attacks, or they have a heart attack and they didn't even realize it because they don't have typical symptoms. A silent heart attack. Yes, yes. And I- the reason for, for, for this can be, you know, we're not really sure, but one of the reasons is women sometimes will have um, disease in the smaller vessels of their heart. So those vessels typically, they don't, they don't really cause you to have pain symptoms the way that um, blocks in the big vessels have. So women have more microvascular disease as opposed to disease in the, the major arteries. So it's very different, and that's part of the reason why I think women do so poorly after a heart attack also, because there's a delay in diagnosing them with heart attacks and a delay in getting them the treatment that they need. Wow, this is amazing. I mean, I feel like uh, I remember Pam Morris Walton, who is one of the hosts here, the yeah. gospel host at WVON. I, I know her very well, actually. Right. She actually had a heart transplant. Yes. And she thought she went from being on 10 in terms of her health to mm-hmm. needing a heart transplant. And I always wonder if it's because, so this is just a woman's perspective, we mm-hmm. tend to just keep it moving. We have things that are happening, but the kids need to get to school. Dinner needs to be made. I got to get on with the program. And so we may overlook some symptoms and feel like we're going to come back to it later. And maybe we don't get a chance to. At this point, I'm going to take us to break and I'm going to ask people to give us a call. You know, we always offer you the opportunity to comment. When you go to your doctor, it's slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. So you get to ask Dr. Smith, you get to ask our other guests your questions. Call 312-374-8130, and we'll be back after break. Uh, Susan Peters hosting for uh, Cedric McCoy. If you're just tuning in, this is the Community Health Focus Hour, and we're having a heart-to-heart talk about cardiovascular or heart health. We've heard a lot of information from Dr. Brian Smith, who's a cardiologist at the University of Chicago. We're going to talk a little bit to Keisha Hammond, who is with Blue Cross Blue Shield, the Blue Door Community Center. And also Nick Martin, who is the Community Impact Director for the American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association. So we're going to get first into how women present their heart attacks, because when we left, we talked about how men present, which is the classic chest pains and so forth. And Dr. Smith, you were saying women present differently. How is that? Yes. So um, women present a little bit differently where they don't have symptoms that we think of as being typical for heart attacks. So women might have a little bit of nausea, dizziness, fatigue. A lot of them will just say things like they just don't feel right. Something just doesn't really feel right. So and the problem with this is that, that women get diagnosed later. Um, a lot of times they get diagnosed too late to, to really save them or to really make a, um, an intervention to, to save their lives. So, so part of this, I really think it's important just to make sure that we all know the signs and know that if something doesn't feel right, you should definitely go see a doctor if you're having a heart attack. 
That's amazing information. And during the break, those who are listening on the radio, we had the FAST, F-A-S-T, commercial plan that talked about the signs of stroke. And so I'm going to go to my guest. Let me point over here to the Heart Association person. So, Nick, do you want to just reemphasize the FAST Sure. So when we talk about uh, signs of stroke, we talk about FAST, F-A-S-T. So F is face drooping. So if you notice somebody, usually one side of somebody's face drooping. Uh, A is for arms, so arms going numb. S is for slurred speech. So if you notice somebody's speech is suddenly slurred. And then T is time to call 911. And that's the most important thing in the world is that you call 911. If you notice the face drooping, the numbness in the arm, the slurred speech that you immediately call 911 and tell the 911 operator that you are having or that you see somebody having a stroke. Um, that's what gets the paramedics there as quickly as possible to administer the proper medications that you need to uh, properly survive. Yeah, F-A-S-T, FAST. So that's, that's really important. I had a friend call me the other day because she thought her mother might have had a stroke. And they were thinking that it was all in her head Mm -hmm. at the doctor's office. So it turned out that she had what they call a TIA, which is a form of a stroke. Is that a mini-stroke, Dr. Smith? Yeah, it's sort of thinking as a mini-stroke. It it stands for transient ischemic attack, which basically just means that that you you might have had um, a a clot that that blocked the blood flow for a short period of time and then resolved on its own. And you have the symptoms of a stroke. So you might have had some speech or some facial drooping, but it resolves really quickly. And all the testing basically looks looks um, uh, negative. So um, those are, are very common as well. Okay. Uh, so exactly okay. Like, yeah, what you mentioned. And I'm going to ask Keisha Hammond to talk a little bit about the Blue Door Community Centers because they're dealing not only with heart attack and stroke, but a whole lot of stuff that is contributory because it, it's like a web that all seems to fit together. So, Keisha, did you, do you want to tell us something about the Red Door Community Center? Sure. So at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center. Blue Door. I said Red <laughs> Door, right? It's Red Month. Go Red right. for women, right? So uh, at at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center, I'm the manager of health education programs, and the Blue Door Neighborhood Center is Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois' first ever neighborhood center, and the overall goal is really to positively impact community health. Um, We are located in the Pullman neighborhood in the south side of Chicago. That's my hood. (laughs) And so what we do there is we offer free health and wellness programs to the community, um, and one of our um, heart, um, focuses is heart disease um, at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center. So some of these things that we're talking about, about, talking about around prevention and risk, we focus on those things at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center. So we want to talk in this space about how can we prevent mm-hmm. heart attacks and stroke. And as I was saying, it all seems to be all interwoven. Yes. So I'm just going to let you guys go for it. So, Nick, tell us some of the ways that we can avoid heart attack and stroke. Right. So one of the things that we recommend at the American Heart Association is what we call Life Simple 7. And those simple seven things are, one, managing blood pressure, two, controlling cholesterol, three, reducing blood sugar, four, getting active, five, eating better, six, losing weight, and seven, stop smoking. 
And that across the board will reduce your risk for any cardiovascular disease, whether it's hypertension, whether it's high cholesterol, diabetes, prediabetes, um, stroke, and any, because as you said, they're all interwoven. And we understand that controlling basically those simple things, that's why they call life simple seven, those simple things in your everyday life can have a drastic effect on improving your uh, outcomes and quality of life health-wise. So is that written down somewhere? Because I started writing and then I, <laughs> and then I got lost, right? Yes, you can find it right on our website, uh, org or backslash mylifecheck, M-Y-L-I-F-E-C-H-E-C-K, mylifecheck. So I'm wondering if, because I'm a big Google yes. fan, could mm-hmm. they just do my life check, American Heart American Association, Heart yep. Association yep. and right. pop up? That or uh, Life Simple 7 American Heart Association. And one of the really cool things about uh, our My Life Check kind of protocol on our website is that it allows you to do your, your heart score. So mm-hmm. it'll take into account, you'll put in all this different information about age and weight and diet, and it'll give you kind of an estimation of how healthy you are in your heart score and provide tips and, and uh, all these things to kind of help you improve your quality of life and quality of health. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if I can um, interject here, one of the things that Nick is talking about as far as prevention um, around those seven heart, what do you call them? Life Simple Seven. Life Simple Seven. We are doing those things at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center. So we offer free low-impact fitness classes like Zumba, yoga, line dance. So really encouraging people to get active and to get moving. We also offer smoke and cessation classes. Mm -hmm. And all of our programming at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center is free. No cost to the community. We often get the question, do you have to be a Blue Cross Blue Shield Mm -hmm. member? You do not. All of our programs and services are open to the entire city of Chicago. If you want to come all the way from the north side to the south side, you're more than welcome. (laughs) But we are located in the Pullman-Roseland community. Okay. I mean, you all are going to get a chance during the next 30 minutes to really go in on what Mm -hmm. your services Mm -hmm. are. And so I'm really excited about this. Um, Dr. Smith, are you involved in any external programs or, or, you know, what are your thoughts about people staying healthy? Yes. So all the things that Nick mentioned are what we recommend as well. Diet, eating healthier. You know, the recommendation is eating more Mediterranean diet if you, if you can, meaning, you know, a diet that's that's high in uh, fish and chicken and a lot of plant-based um, meals. DAS diet that's low in sodium, vegetarian diets are recommended as well. Um, in terms of exercise, I'm really big on, on physical activity and exercise. The re- official recommendation is 150 minutes of moderate-intensity exercise per week. So what's so that breakdown to? Yeah, so think 30 minutes, five times a week. So okay. really think about how many of us are really doing that much exercise. I am. So that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. But that's what great. if you only, what if you do 150 minutes one day a week? That's, that's fine, too. I, I think as long as you just do that much, and moderate intensity means that you're doing things like brisk walking or jogging or cycling, something like that. And actually, the recommendation is that if you can't do that much, so even just small 10 to 20-minute bursts of activities here and there um, can really make a big difference as well. Um, really? In terms of of weight loss too. So for those people who are uh, overweight, even losing five to ten percent of your body weight, which can be ten to twenty pounds, can significantly reduce um, you know, the risk that you should develop cardiovascular disease. So, um, so I, so I'm going to take a call from Candice, and then we're going to come back to you, Brian, because I want to sure. explore this overweight piece. Like we get all shame mm-hmm. about what that is, and I'm going to try sure. to keep it. 
politically correct, and I know mm -hmm. my guests will keep me on point because mm -hmm. they're looking at me. But, <laughs> keep it 100, though. Well, yeah, they're going to keep it 100. But I'm they're going to ask uh, Candace, thank you for yes? calling in. What is your question? Okay, I have a question regarding family members, two family members, males. Both, I don't know, I assume they're having chest pains, but they always lay down. I don't know if they, you know, they try to wait till the chest pains stop. And then they want to drink a lot of water. Now, would that be a symptom of um, them having a heart attack? Because I feel like they, um, their throat is dry. Yeah. So lay yeah, down so, so that and wait for the pain to subside. Yeah. So, so Dr. Smith, you want to sure. take that? Yeah, sure, no problem. You know, so I, that symptom in, in itself is what is what we call typical chest pain, meaning when they're walking around and doing something, they have pain, mm -hmm. and then when they rest, it gets better. So that is, it can be, it could be a number of other things, but the fact okay. that that is a symptom that you're describing is concerning. So mm -hmm. I definitely think that they should go see a doctor to be evaluated. So when you have chest pain, that's the yeah. result of coronary disease that gets worse activity and better with rest. It's called angina. So mm -hmm. it, it, it does sound like it possibly could be angina. That being said, mm -hmm. you're saying they lay down and drink water. Sometimes you could have some. So um, other sort of things could be causing that as well. So oh. you know, peptic ulcer disease or something like that, that could also be uh, a symptom of uh, uh, what you're describing. Yes, because they, they will not go to the doctor under any circumstances. So I'm just thinking that could be an onset of issue with the heart. It definitely could be, you know. So I, I think it, I, I take it seriously. I'd to see a doctor very soon, um, okay. and they can be evaluated for that. So you know, they could do something like a stress test in order to see if what happens to their oh. heart as they when they exercise. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think seeing a doctor soon would be would definitely be the right call. And if they have pain that doesn't go away, they should go to the emergency department or take them um, directly there just to make sure we're not missing anything big. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank Thank no you problem. so much for your call, Candace, because. For every call we get, there's 10 people that are thinking the same thing you're mm -hmm. thinking and not saying anything. And what comes to mind is how do we get our men to actually go to the doctor? Um, I was mentioning to our guests that my dad had a little hissy fit yesterday about <laughs> everything is about women. But I think women will go to their doctor more diligently. So if her dad or her brother or whomever uncle is having these issues, how do you actually get them to the doctor? Somebody yeah. tell me. <laughs> well, sometimes I think, you know, for me, it's it's influence. Who can influence that person that they will listen to? And sometimes we like to think as family members we're that person, but we're not always that person to influence that person. Sometimes it could be your pastor. It could be a best friend. It could be even a coworker. sometimes can have influence on people. So getting to the, uh, the people who can influence um, that person and get them to understand. Or, and sometimes it's just a personal testimony mm -hmm. of a person who's been through the same thing um, to share their story that people sometimes understand and listen more. And, some, and sometimes the answer is helping them find their why. So mm -hmm. um, saying, oh, okay. saying, Dad, it looks like you, ha you have heart disease or heart attack. We are your wife. You're not here. You won't be able to provide for us, mm -hmm. or you won't be able to do this. Or you know, uh, one thing that we are really pushing 
is the American Heart Association, this quality of life that we're mm -hmm. giving back because of research and because of things that we're doing in the community. Understanding that we can treat heart attacks yes. and we can treat heart disease and we can treat all this, but what will your quality of life be afterwards? Mm -hmm. And so we want to, and so that, that might be, you know, helping your dad or your brother or anybody in your family find their why and, and really put, and that might be the thing that propels them to go to the doctor or, or seek medical attention. That's, that's great, because yeah. thinking yeah. of that, Marcus Murray of Project Brotherhood mm -hmm. said he talks to men about, do you want to walk your daughter down the aisle? Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. to be present for your grandbaby's birth? And that gets right back to your why. Mm -hmm. I actually have a caller on the line, um, so I'm going to take Maddie's call. Maddie? Yes, hi. How are you? Oh, what is I'm your question fine. or comment today? And thanks for calling. Okay. Yes, my comment is I was wondering how successful is the are the doctors in getting the patients off of blood pressure blood pressure medication? And you know, do you have a high success rate at that? And I was raised up during the time of herbs. I believe in vinegar and uh, garlic and different things like that that uh, you know I was raised on. So uh, does the doctor have any knowledge about the nutrition side of uh, natural ways of affecting that heart? So those mm -hmm. are my questions. Okay. Thank you, Maddie. And, again, we're going to put this at the feet <laughs> of Dr. Brian Smith. Um, sure. How do we get people off of blood pressure medicine? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times when people come to see me with high blood pressure, um, it's possible to get off high blood pressure medication. It's definitely possible. But the things you have to do are work on the risk factors. So exercising, losing weight, eating healthier. And unfortunately, that's really the only way. So a lot of times when people come to see me, sometimes if they're, the blood pressure is a little bit elevated initially, we can try some of those lifestyle modifications to see even in a few months, they come back and they won't need medication. That being said, the fear is sometimes we wait too long. You know, sometimes if you have high blood pressure that's not treated, then you can develop heart failure, you can develop strokes you can develop cardiovascular disease. So, um, so we are very successful in getting people off blood pressure medications if patients are able to do the other things. So the low-salt diet and really uh, be consistent with losing weight and exercise. Um, it does happen, and, and often in my clinic, I'll be able, be able to take people off medication. So that, in terms of herbs, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that's an amazing news for people who are interested, yeah. and I think what you're saying is, you still have to do the work. You still have to do the work. At the end of the day, you still there's really no easy way, and you still have to. Do so, it. You, so you're not going to stay your same weight. You're not going to mm -hmm. continue with your same practices. Don't care how mm -hmm. much herbs you take. Mm -hmm. You are going to need to do the work. And I do have a couple of girlfriends who have. They meet me at the Croc Center all the time. They have done the work, and they have come off of the medication. Right. So mm -hmm. at this point, I'm going to go to break, encourage you to call us again at 312-374-8130, 312-374-8130, and we'll be back. Good afternoon, and we are back for the final segment of the Community Health Focus Hour. We've been having a really great conversation with Dr. Brian Smith, Keisha Hammond, and Nick Martin about how to acknowledge heart disease, how to deal with it, and we're going to talk a little bit more. So if you're still interested in this conversation, and I hope you are, call us on 312 
347-374-8130. Before we went to break, we acknowledge that you have to actually do the work to come off your blood pressure yes. medicine. And we are, are going to talk a little bit about weight. Weight is like a hot potato, mm-hmm. and it's been celebrities talk about it and fat shaming and all of that. And it gets to be a point where when somebody actually needs to weigh less, um, they're not getting there. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to ask Keisha, why do you think that is? Well, at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center, one of the things that we're finding is that people need the support. Some of the research also says people just don't believe. They don't, they're not optimistic about what they do, what they're able to do. So at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center, one of the things that we do is we have a class called Be Optimistic. We're teaching people how to have confidence in their ability to change behavior. And then we start incorporating the support um, system. They build family. They build friends. And then we give them resources mm-hmm. to help them do that, like our free Zumba class. Um, and we've noticed people who have been coming uh, multiple times to the Blue Door, Na- Blue Door Neighborhood Center and notice the weight change. So I think it's that support system really building people's confidence of their ability to be able to make changes. Okay, okay. And and we also talked a little bit about risk factors. Mm-hmm. We haven't gone into that to the extent that we want. So uh, so I'm going to ask Nick and also Brian to talk about the risk factors mm-hmm. that you should be aware of, your genetics and mm-hmm. so forth. Yes. Right. So one of the things, so it is, February is, of course, American Heart Month, but it is also one of the American Heart Association's largest campaigns called Go Red for Women. Mm-hmm. And Go Red for Women was actually started here in Chicago. Uh, this will be our 16th year, but really addressing the disparities in research and funding and dollars that are put behind how women respond to heart disease and stroke and all of that because we recognize that being a woman is a different set of risk factors than being a man. And then we know ethnicity and we know age and genetics. All of these mm-hmm. are different different risk factors for heart disease and stroke, and we have to make sure that we are researching them so that we can treat everybody equitably. Do we even talk about these things? Because when I think about people in my family, I don't know who has heart has had a heart mm-hmm. attack. I really don't know. We don't talk about those kinds of things. And that's one of the other things that we really want to push is having those conversations, building that community. I think sometimes we treat certain health outcomes as a moral failure. So if Mm -hmm. I've had a heart attack, that must mean I'm a bad person. If I have high, high, high blood pressure or diabetes, that means I did something wrong. And people become, and when you feel like you've done something wrong, people become ashamed and they don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. And I don't want to tell my mom, I don't want to tell my kids or my siblings. And so we hide these genetic risk factors that we should know. I should know if my mother has high blood pressure sure. or heart disease and my grandparents because that may predispose me to it and I may need to further adjust my diet even more to mm-hmm. or, or my physical activity or those Life Simple 7 to really ensure that I can stave it off and that the generations that come after me can too. Okay, okay. You know, to your point, I have an older friend whose father and brother both died from lung disease. And initially, they were all three of them smokers. Mm -hmm. So when he saw his father and his mother, I'm sorry, his father, mother, and brother die from lung disease, he just stopped smoking. Mm -hmm. And he's in his 80s, and he hasn't developed any of that. So I... It, there could have been a predisposition, and he 
dealt with it, which I think is an opportunity for all of us once we know. Mm-hmm. So I guess the message is talk to your people and see. Yeah, talk to your people. Yeah, why mm-hmm. why people succumb to an illness? Did they you just bury them and you don't know why? Because sure. I've been to funerals and you go, what did the person die of? <laughs> right. And nobody is knowing, right? A lot of that is shame. I'm just, yeah. you know, you're ashamed that your sister died of this or that your brother succumbed to this because it, it, it it almost feels like they had to have done something bad to yeah. die from heart disease. Mm. And sometimes it's just your genetics. The genetics aren't in your favor. And mm-hmm. genetics plus lifestyle. Yep. Genetics plus lifestyle. So, uh, Dr. Smith, have you noticed that your persons in your clinic or that you come in contact with, do they tell their family members that they have a heart condition? Dr. Smith? I don't think that people who see me in clinic always talk to their families about what's going on. A lot of times when I see people in clinic, and especially men, to be honest, we're talking about, you know, men are, and African-American men specifically, are really um, the poorest utilizers of healthcare resources and, and don't really like to discuss what's going on with their health. A lot of times when we really dig into the family history, we find that there are multiple people who've had heart attacks or multiple people who have heart failure or high cholesterol. It's really, it's really so prevalent, and I think... You know, part of it is reducing the shame and, and really, you know, understanding how, how common this is um, and knowing that it's not your fault. And the truth of the matter is knowing your family history and knowing what you're predisposed to can help your, your children and help future generations mm-hmm. um, make sure that they don't have some of the same um, medical conditions that you have. That That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Know, know your health. Know your numbers. Know your, know your, know your numbers. Yes. Yeah. Know your numbers. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I um, I want to make a quick announcement because I don't want to run out of time. And I promised uh, Melody McDowell, I'm going to say her name, that I was going to mention because we're talking about American Heart Association. We're also talking about Blue Cross Blue Shields initiatives. And the AKA Rama Foundation is doing an event on Friday, February the 21st from 6 to 9 at uh, 6220 South Ingleside, and they're going to have a whole host of activities. And so I think if you do Pink Goes Red, because that's the name of the uh, initiative, Mm -hmm. Pink Goes Red on Eventbrite, it'll pop up and you can register. But she also said you can just come in. So I wanted to make sure, because there's a bunch of stuff that's happening this month, and I want people to take advantage of it. Sure. So are there sure. other initiatives that are going on that we should be aware of? Sure. Well, of course, as I mentioned earlier, it is uh, American Heart Month, and so Go Red for Women is our key initiative for the month of February, really recognizing and pushing, putting more dollars into how we champion women's health and how we ensure that women, minority women, are receiving information and research dollars behind how we can best treat them. Okay, great. And at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center, please visit our website at www.bluedoorcenteril.com to find a listing of all of our programs and services there. But specifically for this month, February the 17th, 12 to one thirty, we are having a Go Red for Women luncheon. Okay. Um, we are having a nutritionist come talk about healthy eating habits. February the 21st, we have a dance, a heart Red Heart. We're going to call it Red Hot, but I figured that wouldn't be appropriate, right? (laughs) Red Heart Month Awareness, which is um, a dance party with promoting physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, dance party. Yes. We have a live DJ with line dancing, Zumba, and Afrobeat Zumba. Who's your DJ? 
You know what? I don't know his name. Okay, I put you on the spot. I'm but sorry. Yes, I got that through one of our other vendors for for Zumba. But that is February the 21st, 5:45 to 9 p.m. Again, all of our programs and services at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center are free. February the 24th, we also have a, a curriculum, American Heart Association's curriculum mm-hmm. called Living Healthy that we do every Monday night from 6 to 7. And on February the 24th, we are actually doing a healthy cooking demo with a chef on that night. So we have a lot of things going on. One of our ongoing programs is Smoking Cessation, Zumba, Senior Fitness, and Line Dancing every um, first and third Friday of the month. So lots of things to do at the Blue Door Neighborhood Center. Again, that website is www.bluedoorcenteril.com. We hope to see everybody. And, and some of the other things we're doing, we'll be hosting some health education informational sessions at the Carter G. Woodson Library on the south side of Chicago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Both this coming week, February 11th at 2 o'clock, and then another one in the evening for those who work at 6 p.m., and then a, the following Thursday again at 2 o'clock and then 6, six o'clock as well. Okay, all of, all of this stuff, is amazing. Huh? Yes. There's, a, there's a lot to do. We can mm-hmm. control our weight. Mm-hmm. We can control our... And so I wanted to just go back to smoking. So, mm-hmm. Brian, is smoking mm-hmm. a factor in heart health? Because we keep yes. coming back to mm-hmm. it. We're going to talk about it next week and the week after that. Yes. So tell me something about smoking. Yes. Smoking is... Uh, is I'll be honest. No one should ever smoke. You know, uh, But it's popular now. It's becoming more it's popular. Becoming more popular. Even with vaping and everything now, I mean, what we were seeing, the, we're seeing in the hospitals, so many people, come, young people actually coming in with vaping injuries who are on ventilators and are getting incredibly sick. And smoking itself is a risk factor for high blood pressure. It damages all your blood vessels. So it's a, it's a direct link to developing cardiovascular disease and heart attacks, direct link to developing lung cancer. Yeah, almost every organ that uh, anybody is affected by smoking. So truthfully, if you know anyone who smokes, and it's not easy to quit, we understand that, and that's why we have smoking cessation clinics and we have medications we can try and help people get off of it. But but there really is no reason anyone, anyone you know or love should ever smoke. So um, we're going to we're going to be talking about smoking cessation as cessation as it relates to pancreatic cancer mm, wow. next week with Dr. Ed McDonald. And one of the mm-hmm. things I'm noticing is, and I'm going to get in trouble if I mention cigar bars because that's the <laughs> new cool thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody going to a cigar bar, and are cigar bars good, Dr. Smith? <laughs> Keep it 100, Susan. <laughs> Put it, put, it, put it this way: like every everything in very, you know, in moderation. Once in a blue moon, if you want to go out and have time to friends, you know what? What can I say? That's you know we all have to live our lives within limits. That being said, it's not something you should do all the time. Okay. Definitely not something you should do. You should do all the time. Okay. Um, so and you should definitely limit it. But cigars and cigarettes are essentially the same. So you know a lot of people sort of think that smoking cigars won't affect them as much as smoking cigarettes um, does, and that's not really the case. Okay. So, um, so that's what I would say. That you know, once the blue moon, if you want to go with your friends, fine. But I, I, I think personally that um, you should, we should not ever do it. So I think that kind of says it. You know, every once in a while. So I know a lot of people who are into cigar bars, and that's like a new business. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my guest ten seconds each to say whatever they want to leave our listeners with. So I'm going to start with Nick. 
So, sure. So, just want to leave you with uh, just the knowledge that the American Heart Association, our mission is to be a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives, really pushing that uh, the people that we serve not only live a long time, but have a great quality of life. Yes. Okay, Keisha. And so, we want everyone who can, is in the neighborhood, to visit the Blue Door Neighborhood Center, which is Blue Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois' first ever neighborhood center. The overall goal is to positively impact community health, and our website is www www.bluedoorcenteril.com. Okay, Brian, you got your 10 seconds. Great. Okay. Well, all the things that Nick and Keisha mentioned, just little things, just making sure that you, you know, a healthy lifestyle, um, a healthy diet. And, you know, I'm at University of Chicago. The number is 773-702-9396 or chicagomedics.org. Um, any issues with the cardiovascular disease, come and see me. Happy to help out any way I can. All righty, and so I want to thank our listeners for uh, for paying attention to some of these tips I want to thank Titus Williams, our technical producer who always holds us down. And next week, it's going to be Dr. Ed McDonald, and he's going to be talking about Americans and pancreatic cancer. Until then, be well. The Community Health Focus Hour is brought to you by the Urban Health Initiative of the University of Chicago Medicine.